Hello, this podcast is part of our tax podcast series. I'm Veronica McMahon, a senior corporate tax specialist at Osborne Clark. Today I'm joined by Matt Green, an associate director in the tax disputes team. Today we're going to be looking at the question that often comes up during a tax dispute, and that's whether you could, or rather should, take one particular issue in your dispute and try and get that determined by the tribunal first, or whether you should have all the issues determined and resolved together. Matt, perhaps you could just explain a little bit more about the issue here. Uh, of course. I mean, what, what we're talking about here is um, a preliminary issues hearing. So in a nutshell, the idea is that if you have a big dispute with lots of issues, could you or should you try and separate out one or two of those issues and get them resolved first? And the reason you might want to do that is um, is that it might make the rest of the case uh, much simpler or it might resolve the whole case altogether. And could you sort of give me an example of that in a tax context? Yeah, I mean, in fact, this is very often a hot topic in tax disputes because there are just so many issues that tend to crop up. So even in an apparently simple dispute, um, some of those issues will be points of law, others will relate to uh, disputed facts. Um, This question often comes up uh, where HMRC have assessed tax using their discovery assessment powers. So let's suppose the underlying tax issue uh, involves unallowable purpose arguments where HMRC are challenging your uh, motives for doing a transaction. And there might even be some, you know, let's say some double tax treaty issues thrown in too, uh, alternative arguments, perhaps based on transfer pricing. So, you know, all really messy stuff. Now, the taxpayer might not only want to challenge the revenues position on the messy substantive tax issues, but also on whether HMRC have actually got the power uh, in the first place to make the discovery assessment. So, for example, because contrary to what the revenue have asserted, uh, the taxpayer was not careless. So uh, if, if HMRC's discovery assessment isn't valid because the taxpayer wasn't careless, uh, then the substantive tax issues, which in our example will be complex and require volumes of witness evidence, um, they simply don't matter anymore because the revenue can't recover the tax anyway. So in that sort of circumstance, you might want to think about, well, you know, could the discovery point be resolved first, potentially saving everyone the effort of of the protracted proceedings on all the other issues. Well, yeah, I, I guess that sounds sensible. But but are preliminary issues hearing common in tax? Actually, no, and and there's there's a good reason. Um, sticking with my earlier example, um, it it can be hard to judge whether a taxpayer was careless in that example uh, without really getting into the tax treatment in the first place. Yeah. So yes, you could invite the tribunal to perhaps assume that HMRC were right about the substantive tax issues. Uh, But even then, a lot depends on the basis on which you're assuming that HMRC were right. So if HMRC are assumed to be right because of a taxpayer failure in implementation, well, you know, then perhaps there was carelessness. But if HMRC are assumed to be right because of a, uh, a subtle difference in legislative interpretation, well, then perhaps the taxpayer wasn't careless. So you see, it's not always easy to separate the issues. And that's why courts and tribunals are wary of preliminary issues hearings. You know, at first glance, they seem to look like a good idea that would, you know, serve everyone and make everything a bit simpler. Um, But when you think it through, that might actually make things more complicated and and lengthier and more expensive. And in fact, there's a famous quote from um, Lord Scarman, uh, who described preliminary issues hearings as a, a treacherous shortcut. And I think that does summarize the issue nicely. 
yeah, that's a good quote. But 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 how how do you work out whether a preliminary issues hearing is appropriate, or or I guess rather more importantly, how how a tribunal will approach the question? Well, uh, over the years, the tribunal has developed a, a list of key factors to consider in you know in deciding whether to grant a preliminary issues hearing. Uh, these are sometimes known as the uh, the Rottersley criteria. Uh, that's after an upper tribunal decision uh, of a few years ago. Uh, I won't necessarily go through all of those criteria now, but I think you know that there are several really important points to keep in mind. Uh, firstly, the, the tribunal will only use its power to order a preliminary issues hearing sparingly. So effectively, there's a you know a presumption, if you like, that all issues should be dealt with together uh, at trial. Uh, unless there's a good reason for doing it differently. Secondly, uh, what's really key is whether there's a, a succinct knockout point that will determine the case or at least resolve a big chunk of it. So if one of the issues is fairly distinct, but it doesn't necessarily determine the dispute one way or another, then it's less susceptible to a preliminary hearing because there'd still be outstanding points to determine afterwards. It, it's not a knockout point. And could you give me an example of that, Matt? Well, um, the revenue often raise alternative arguments. So, you know, for example, they might say you're taxable under section XYZ, but if that doesn't work, our alternative view is that you've got the accounting treatment wrong. So that gives us another route to getting the tax, that sort of thing. So, you know, if you get either of those issues determined on, on their own, the case isn't over. You still need to resolve the other argument. Okay, I see. And does it make a difference if there are factual points involved as well? Absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, usually when someone is pushing for a, um, a preliminary issues hearing, uh, it, it's on a purely legal issue, which is being, which is being looked at. Uh, and that's because, you know, these can often be resolved with less work at a shorter hearing. So there's less documents. Uh, typically, there wouldn't be any witnesses or cross-examination. And that's why you can take it as a preliminary issue. But if you look at how the courts and tribunal decide things, you know, even purely legal points, are actually rarer than you might think. So there's the famous passage from the, um, the Arrowtown Assets case and quoted in lots of other cases, uh, that the, the, the ultimate question is whether the relevant statutory provisions construed purposefully were intended to apply to the facts viewed realistically. So a purely legal point can't always be separated from the facts. You, you've got to look at the law and the facts in tandem. And if that's the case, you know, does it then make more sense to just have everything heard together anyway? I mean, if the relevant facts are all agreed, then it might be different. But I mean, in those cases, there might not be much benefit in taking a preliminary issues hearing anyway, because you're not actually going to be, um, uh, you're not going to have a lot of contentious witness evidence and so on in the, in the first place. And what if the preliminary issue itself gets appealed? Sure, surely that must be something to be mindful of. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you might get a succinct knockout, purely legal point, but what if the losing party then appeals? Um, you know, tax issues obviously can be complex. They often have major implications going beyond just that particular case. So perhaps unsurprisingly, a lot of tax cases do get appealed all the way up to Court of Appeal or even the Supreme Court. So, you know, it's all very well resolving a preliminary issue at a short FTT hearing. Uh, but if you then have a delay of several years whilst appeals on the preliminary issue get sorted out, you know, and in the meantime, all of your other issues, which might involve witnesses whose memories are fading and so on, all of that gets delayed. 
so you, you know you then found yourself in the well you're in lord scarman's uh, treacherous uh, shortcut that he was describing i mean i focused a lot on the difficulties here um you know there are cases where preliminary issues hearings do make sense uh, and they really do save uh, all the parties and the judiciary a lot of a lot of time and expense so uh, for example uh, i had a recent case that involved uh, uh, a range of issues but ultimately none of it was going to matter unless our interpretation of a particular piece of EU law uh, was correct. So that issue went forward as a preliminary issue. It got determined in the taxpayer's favour. Uh, and as a result, it, it just simplified all the other issues. And in the event, we were able to reach uh, an agreement with the revenue uh, on all the other points. So had we taken every point to a trial, it would have been a hugely time-consuming exercise for the taxpayer uh, and for HMRC. So, I suppose what I'd say is that the point on preliminary issues hearings really is, is, is firstly, don't assume you'll get one. The tribunal have got to be persuaded. And secondly, uh, don't assume you actually want one. You know, think very carefully about whether it is ultimately going to make things uh, quicker and simpler. Well, thanks, Matt. That's been really interesting. I hope you've all enjoyed it. And that's all we've got time for for now. But do listen out for our next podcast. And thank you for listening. Goodbye.